Hey, welcome to Tone Talk with Mark Uzanski and Dave Friedman. Uh, actually, today is we renamed the show. It's going to be Photograph Talk because we've got an awesome, <laughs> awesome guest today with us, Niels Lozauer. Zlaz, how are you, man? Thanks for joining. I'm good. Actually, Zlos, I like Zlos. Zlos. All right. Yeah. Mark always pronounces something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I always pronounce the shit wrong. You're right. Zlos. That's okay. Hey, you got it. Which reminds me, uh, right off the bat, you used to do your own uh, YouTube show, The Zlo's Hour. Don't even bring that up. Cause oh, basically, okay. <laughs> basically, I can't stand the guy that I did it with, a guy named uh, Chuck Davis, or as I called him, Medicated Chuck. And let's just say that guy's one of the worst human beings on the planet but we won't even go into that i'm in a good mood now you don't want to put me in a bad mood okay <laughs> i'm sorry i brought it up well no we'll, uh, we'll skip that right over that um before we jump into things uh i want to recognize our our sponsors so we've got sweetwater.com guys make sure you check out our link below uh if you want to buy all your gear um and uh any anything you buy we get a little bit of kickback but you know, it, it's the same prices to you. And so we appreciate it. We're, they're an affiliate or we're an affiliate of theirs. So, um, and then also fixpedalboards.com. Check them out as well. Uh, Tim over there will help you out with anything you need on your pedal boards and accessories. All right. So we are here today to talk to Zlo's about this book of which you can tell I put some little stickies because I want to talk about some specific pictures but this book is awesome um I have your other two books by the way oh. well which ones because I got like six total so you only have uh well th this one uh-huh and then this one the, although the jacket was eaten off of it I was gonna right. say what happened to the jacket I don't even know what it looks like under the jacket I don't think I ever took the jacket off <laughs> that are you sure that's my book I'm pretty sure it's your book. What's it called? Yeah. Eddie Van Halen photographs by Niels Lozano. Yeah. Okay. I never even saw without the, the, the uh, jacket on it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. The oh, dog that's, ate it. That's uh, the first. It's the same dog that I'm taking care of right now, actually. <laughs> okay, good. That just I got a few dogs myself. Oh, man. They're fun. Yeah. So I saw your, saw your documentary with your dogs. Those are all gone. Those oh, and my was cat a while ago, just, huh? yeah, my cat just died about two weeks ago. The one that was in oh, there, man. poor Ruby. Oh, sorry to hear that. So am I. Oh, so I have so many questions for you already. But so, what's your what's your uh, your day like these days? Are you are you doing photograph sessions, or are you really just working on uh, you know zero, your cars and zero? I'm done being a photographer. Being a photographer means absolutely nothing in this day and age. It's the most unappreciative profession. It, it means absolutely. Everybody with an iPhone thinks they're a camera. Everybody with a digital camera thinks they're a photographer. I think I said everybody with an iPhone thinks they're a camera, but, you know, <laughs> thinks they're a photographer. So, you know, I already did it. I started in 69. I did do one shoot this year with this comedian that I by accidentally saw in Las Vegas in January, who I thought's the funniest human being on this planet. His name's Greg Hahn, H-A-H-N. Hmm. He's just, I saw him, he called me up. I was going to throw him a couple prints for his house because I 
appreciate him so much. He goes, better yet, hey, Zlos, what would it take you to do a photo shoot with me? I'm like, dude, I don't shoot photos anymore. I don't want to do it. And then I got off the phone. I'm like, you know what? This guy is like the Beatles in music to me. I mean, you know, there's one or two other comedians I like. This guy's funnier than any comedian I've ever seen. So I called him back and said, Greg, I want to work with you because to me, you're the best comedian. So I did a photo shoot with him, I think, in February. And that's the last photo shoot I did with anything or anybody. It's probably the last photo shoot I'll ever do again in my life. I have no desire to pick up a camera anymore. No desire. Well, you did. You you've made your mark already, so there's no reason to really. No, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, how many pictures? Uh, how many actual sh- photos do you think you've taken in your lifetime? But you know what? Got to be I some only, number. I, I only made it to graduate high school. I can't count that high, but <laughs> there's a lot of photos. I mean, here at my oh, studio, yeah. I got file cabinets filled, and then after that's all film, and then after that's digital with photos on dvds and stuff they're just you know but it doesn't matter how many it's how many good ones have i shot yeah so yeah true well there's a lot of good ones when did you switch over from film to uh to digital probably in about 2006 2007 and you know one of my best friends at the time owned a lab and he kept thinking neil one day you're gonna be digital one day i'll be digital i'm like dude i'm never going digital and then my ex-wife's boyfriend had he he's a was a jeweler at the time and he called me up and said, Hey Neil, can you shoot jewelry? And I'm like, I think so. Why? He goes, Well, I'm working for this company and they're based in Thailand, but you know, the jewelry's here and they don't want to send it to Thailand to get shot there because it'll probably get stolen on the way. So you think you could shoot? I'm like, Yeah. So I tried to do it with film and that was impossible. So I said, you know what? I need to buy a digital camera and I need to hook up my laptop computer right next to me so I could shoot a picture, see it, big screen on the laptop and adjust the lighting and everything like that. Well, to make a long story short, I tried to perfect the quality that I wanted. And after about a month of trying, I just said, you know what, Slows, you're a rock and roll photographer. You aren't a jewelry photographer. <laughs> you know, same thing. A friend of mine's Nobu. People, you may know Nobu from mm-hmm. Davis, and he's a friend of mine. I haven't seen him recently, but I used to go to Matsuhisa before I ever had Nobu's. I go there for lunch, and I go back for dinner. And one day, Nobu's like, "Hey, Neil, can you come and shoot some pictures of my sushi for me?" And I'm like, "Sure." And I went there, and he made all bunch of sushi, and I shot it, and I bring like. Dude, the photos suck. They're terrible. Because, you know, when you're a food photographer, you learn all the little tricks to make the food look good. And when you're a sports photographer, you specialize in, in that. And a jewelry photographer, or, you know, or a product photographer shooting drums or guitars for a, a catalog, you know, you have to know what you're doing. There's little tricks of the trade. So I knew all the tricks of the trade to be a rock and roll photographer and do sessions with people in my studio or go do a live gig but other than that you know i just failed at all other type of photography Hmm. (laughs) that's interesting yeah well it's uh you know you were there at the right time that's that's the that's the key right i'm gonna turn my music off which i forgot to do i was gonna ask if you could do that That yeah modern technology i could do it on my Ooh, look at that glow (laughs) there we go okay what is that sonos or something 
No, it's called remote. It's actually oh, Bluetooth. Not uh, well, I think it works on Wi-Fi or not Bluetooth. So I got iTunes running downstairs, and you can download a free program called Remote, which is made for iTunes. And so you know, I could be upstairs, and you know, because usually I have the music blasting twenty-four-seven here. So instead of me having to run downstairs and keep all my listeners waiting, I did modern technology turn it from here i could change songs from here skip songs whatever it's a great program remote so no doubt that's cool so what do you typically listen to what's your uh well, what's your go-to music music are well, you are either you well no 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 so no i don't listen to much new stuff my favorite band of the last i call them a new band but they've been around for 10 plus years if not more is rival sons mm-hmm. i think oh, rival yeah. sons is great and actually my birthday's next week and they're doing this little show at a little club it's a family and friend show and me and scott holiday who i think is one of the greatest guitarists ever who plays guitar for rival son we just happened to be talking because he i sent him one of my eddie van halen books and he called me about ah, dude this book's great i love it and we were talking i'm like when are you guys playing well we're doing a few one-off shows we're doing one on the 18th at this little club but you know, family and friends. I'm like, oh, I'd love to go see that because my birthday is October 19th. So I'm going to usher in my birthday seeing mm-hmm. my favorite band, Rival Sun. So, but it, when it comes to rock and roll, I like Rival Sons. But honestly, lately I've been listening to a lot of Etta James and, and Nina Simone I was listening to this morning, Mahalia Jackson. Uh, Sister Rosetta Thorpe, I listen to a lot of gospel music. I listen to, believe it or not, I don't know why, but That's cool. you know, I, I, there was this movie called Cadillac Records, which is the story of yeah. chess records. And I saw that, and I guess Beyonce, who I never listened to in my life, uh, she plays Etta James in that movie, and she did a few Etta James songs. And I'm just, oh my god! So after that movie which I've seen three or four times. That's how great that movie is. You guys, if you like blues, if you like great music, you want to see some history, go see Cadillac Records. Fantastic movie. But mm-hmm. Beyonce was amazing. So I pretty much mostly listen to Edit James these days and not much else. You know? Great. Well, yeah. Great. Nice. Yeah. So, no doubt. That's great. No doubt. No doubt. So well, you all have fun at your rival son gig. That'll be great. I'm sure that will be. Can't wait. Awesome. And, you know, all their albums are amazing. Their last album, Feral Roots, fantastic. You know, all their albums are great. So cool. So this book, Ed by's Laws, it came out. Uh, what? Lows, lows, lows. I know. God, I, I suck. I really do. Lows. <laughs> this is an ongoing thing. It's an, I swear. I swear <laughs> to God. I'm just, I, I've got a dyslexic something That's going okay. on. Uh, so when did this come out about a month ago? Oh, I think I, I actually got the first shipment of books in about the beginning of September. Well, I know I jumped on it immediately when, it, when you came out with it and, um, I love the book, uh, especially this picture. You, you, you waited a long time to release this picture. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, that's not something I would send to a magazine that was be doing an Eddie Van Halen article. But, you know, believe it or not, I mean, when I 
first met Ed, you know, he was just a young, carefree guy. I met him in 78. We were both about 24 years old. We all had, me and all the Van Halen guys, we had a lot in common. We liked to have a lot of fun, you know, whether it was girls or drinking or, you know, partying or, you know, riding. We all like cars and motorcycles. I don't like bikes back then. Now I like motorcycles, but... So we had a lot in common. So that was one of my first shoots with Eddie. That was in 1979. But Eddie had a great sense of humor back then. He was a good, carefree guy. All the guys, you know, in 79, Van Halen was not a household name. They weren't that big. Right. That's when Van Halen 2 came out. I didn't even work with them before I heard Van Halen 1. So that record came out. And I've told the story a million times, you know, but for the pre- for the three previous years, everybody was listening to disco, Village People, Donna Summers, Saturday Night Fever, Grease, all that stuff. So for rock and rollers like me who love Deep Purple and Led Zeppelin and Stones and, you know, I love Black Oak, Arkansas. I don't know if people out there even know who they are, but it was a great band back in their day. So for people like me, you know. 75 through 78 those were just sort of some sad years you know musically i mean don't get me wrong i like some of the disco stuff if you're gonna go out dancing and picking up chicks and stuff like that but i mm-hmm. i didn't sit at home and listen to village people that's for sure you know <laughs> not not when you're 24 years old you know you know so. right unless you were going to a disco yeah which i used to do believe it or not and go pick up chicks and do whatever well, I mean, that's where the chicks were. So yeah, they were all wearing their little, you know, suck me, fuck me outfits. <laughs> I, I took advantage of that, you know. Yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. You were a single guy, so yeah. Um, I still am single. So are you? Well, I was married, but that didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I understand. Um, so when you met the guys. I, well, my understanding is you got, uh, unfortunately at two o'clock in the afternoon, sometimes people interrupt me. So one second, no problem. No problem. Do your thing, David. Uh, so I was going to ask when you met the guys, apparently you went, you wanted to, you wanted to photograph them and you were on stage and uh, Noel Monk, uh, told you to get the fuck off the stage. Right. Yeah, Yeah. Texas jam. Yeah. And so from that point, then you reached out to a friend and said, hey, I'd like to photograph Van Halen. Can you hook me up with those guys, right? Well, it was a publicist named Bob Gibson. And in the early 70s, you know, all the bands, you know, they hired publicists. It was a lot different back then. And there was a publicity firm called Gibson Stromberg. So, uh, you know, Bob Gibson, I knew him from those days. And he was handling Van Halen with a girl I knew, Shelly Sellover, and you know, called him up. I found out who was their publicist. Oh, Bob, great. Let me call him Bob and tell him I want to shoot the band. So after Texas Jam, I mean, I, I couldn't shoot because they kicked me on. Noel kicked me off the stage. So I went in the audience and they just, you know, devastated everybody. They were, you know, like I said in my book, I think they were on fire. You know, they could, they could do no wrong. I mean, there wasn't another band like them out at that time. So you knew at that point, like that this this band is going to be huge. Yeah, I, I mean, being a photographer, what you want to try to do is pick up on the bands that you believe are going to be big before they make it big. Because 
you know, when they're small, no one wants to work with you. But once they're big, all the parasite maggot sponge leech photographers come out of the woodwork and then they want to work with the band. You know, of course they want to work. But mm -hmm. now the band's big. They don't need these photographers anymore. And hopefully there's some loyalty and they stay with the people that were there when they had no money or whatever. I mean, I, I remember working with Stone Temple Pilots. They had no money at the time. I had to go buy them beer and cigarettes down the street you know, before we did our shoot, which is fine. They no ego. Scott was fine back then. It wasn't like Scott, the superstar in his mind, you know, that, you know, I mean, we all have heard stories of Scott. Unfortunately, he's not around anymore. I never had a problem with him. He was always great with me, but you know. mm. then again, I could, I could hold my own with anybody, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you're still around to tell the tale. Yeah, I'm still around. It, it doesn't always work out for everyone. Yeah. No, no. We we had Dean DeLeo on the show actually. Dean was a really sweet guy. Really, nice. I, I have a long history with Dean, probably back from their first record. So, so, so for this photo shoot alone, yes. who picks out the outfit? Does Ed show up? like that or you have outfits oh, like clothes yeah. i mean uh, that was a really big photo shoot we did we actually did that at my studio that i used to have on hollywood boulevard before i'm at the studio now i've been at this studio where i'm sitting now since 79 which is what almost 50 years 89 and 20 oh 25 years uh, sorry what 45 years i've been here but Usually, whether it's that shoot or any shoot, a band will bring a whole bunch of clothes and they'll try on different outfits. As a matter of fact, in that book, there's one uh, uh, set of clothes that everybody wore that I actually commented, yeah, and this these clothes, I really never let these clothes out, you know, because I honestly didn't think they looked very rock and roll. Like, I think Mike's got a white jacket, looks like a waiter and. Alex has some fish <laughs> and black thing. And, you know, he looks like some guy out of the ghetto. And Dave looked okay. And Eddie's got some, like, fluffy, white, furry coat that just – it didn't spell rock and roll to me. But what Ed's wearing there looks pretty rock and roll to me. So, you know, oh, it's funny. It, now that I'm thinking of it, if you look at that photo on the cover – and you look at the cover of my very first book, the Van Halen, uh, Van Halen, uh, whatever it's called, uh, what is it? Visual history. That's the same outfit, but I think my art director changed the colors of Eddie's shirt to be red and striped. But that's right. how that is how the shirt really is on the Ed Buys Lowe's book. So, for oh, so they, they digitally changed yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, he digitally changed it. It's the same clothes, you know, same. That was rock and roll. With Al's still wearing the, the fishnet thing, but it looked okay there with the guys wearing the other stuff. But if you find the photo in the book, I even comment on how these clothes just don't look rock and roll. So I never yeah, sent yeah. those that set of clothes out, you know. I mean, the band could have liked it, but if I don't like it, I'm not going to send it out, you know. Right, right, right. Yeah, uh, sure. That's cool. So, yeah, so they brought a bunch of... And how long would a, a photo shoot typically last? Well, that was a pretty long one, and it was a big one. And, you know, in 79, I was only shooting photos for 10 years. So I was a little wet. I won't say I was wet under the years, but 
you know, I wasn't as good as I was in the eighties or whatever, you know, I was sort of developing my studio style of lighting and posing people and so on. You know I mean? You know, you got to remember musicians aren't models. So half the times, you know, they just get a little, what do you want me to do? You know, they don't know how to go right. do this or hands on the hip or, you know, they don't know what to do. They just, you know, that's the clothes there that I hated. Yes. You know? <laughs> like I said, Michael looks like a waiter at some Mexican restaurant. Eddie's wearing some fur coat. And I don't know what Dave's got. Dave doesn't look bad. Dave was always really easy to shoot. And, you know, he, Dave always wanted to be a superstar, which he became. I mean, to me, in his day, Dave was the greatest front man. I mean, I was always a Mick Jagger guy. I thought Mick Jagger could do no wrong. But when I started working with Van Halen, Dave was just, to me, in sort of another level than Mick because Dave knew how to jerk the audience off. He knew what they wanted. He knew what they wanted to see. He knew what they wanted to hear. Mick's just a straightforward, great front man, sings great, moves great. But, you know, Dave had all those raps down that he mm-hmm. did the same rap every night and you know, so Dave was just, you know, and in photo shoots, he was great. He knew how to pose and everything, you know, so. Even early on? Even early on. That's cool. Yeah. There's quite a few, I think, photos from 78, which is even a year earlier than that photo you just showed me. And you look at Dave, and he was just a natural, you know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he... I agree, except for the time that he fell and broke his foot. But that you weren't taking those photos at that day. That day, no. But I was there because that I think I explain in the book. Also, you know mm-hmm. that the, the Ed Bys Lowe's book. All my other books are me asking David Coverdale what he thought about Van Halen, or asking Warren Demartini, or or George Lynch, or Satriani, or Vi, or Slasher. You know, give me some stories. This is my story of me working with the band and my relationship with Ed and the other guys and what we did and sort of my little stories about certain photos that I thought the readers may want to hear about how they took place. So Dave broke his foot because they hired the same photographer that did Van Halen one, which I thought those photos were just incredible. They were trend setting. Yeah, nothing was like that. The, the band told me they didn't really like those photos, okay? I mean, they told me. That sounds about right for them. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. They were, they were pretty cool, but to me, those photos were just genius. So they hired the same guy. So the band called me and said, hey, Lowe's, you know, we're going to do our photo shoot for the second album. You want to come hang with us while we're doing it? Like, yeah, sure. So I had a camera with me, and I was in the parking lot. So first the guy shot Al, and the shot's, on the back, I think there's only one shot of Al on the whole thing, or maybe there's a couple inside, I don't remember, but so Al had the sticks on fire, and then they shot Dave, so when they were shooting Al, I was in the parking lot with Dave, Michael, and Ed, so then they shoot Ed, sorry, they shoot Dave, and I guess the photographer had Dave jump off the drum riser ten times to try to get him jumping in the air with his legs spread, which he did get on the back cover, but one of the times Dave came down, he broke his ankle. So the band said, okay, we're done. That's it. We're done for today. So a few days later, the band called up. The photographer said, hey, we want to see what you got that day so far. So the guy brought the stuff down. 
Oh my God, it's god awful. I, I hate to bag or rag on anybody because the guy did such an amazing job on the first album cover, but on the second, I have some of those shots here at my studio that I got by accident. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> the, the, the shots are worse than amateur instamatic. The lighting's awful. It just, they don't even look professional. So they fired that guy right on the spot, but they still needed Michael and Ed shot. So uh, I think it was Pete Angelus at the time called me up and said, hey, Neil, look, you know, we need to, you know, finish this album package, but we need you to look at the photographer's photos of Dave and Al, and you need to match the lighting and the backdrop, you know, and so on. So that's when... I came into the project and did that and did Dave with the nurses, which I found all three of those nurses. They were all friends of mine. And uh, what do you go? We finished the album. And then I think on that album, they had dance the night away, which was a fairly big hit, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, that to me was probably one of the worst songs on the album. Cause I like the rock and roll hardcore stuff. That was sort of poppy and wimpy, but you know, the rest of the album was smoking red hot. It was great. Oh yeah. Definitely. My favorite album. I love that album. Um, so this photo was, I think, from yeah. that the day of the yeah. shoot where where they yeah. broke. The, yeah, right? that was in the parking lot. Eddie already has makeup on because I have shots of Ed without makeup, and then he came back and you know I can't release the ones without makeup because once he get, I mean, he looks like a you know fucking rock god there. I mean, you know, every chick looks at that and probably wants to bone him back then. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah, great he, picture. Yeah, it's a great he, picture of Ed. He looks, you know, there's a lot from that shoot there. The ones that Ed that day in the parking lot, and well, those are probably the best ones that day because Dave, once he broke his ankle, we didn't do anything. And I don't remember. I think I shot Dave without makeup in the parking lot. And Dave without makeup, let's just say, doesn't look as good as Dave with makeup. But then again, no, no, I'm looking at myself here, going, man, you're old and ugly. You know? <laughs> and then when I'm talking, every time I, I get like, on these, I feel the same way. <laughs> yeah, but I'm looking, and it looks like I don't have any teeth, like, like I'm gumming, you know, like I, you know, I got to pull my dentures out. Did I forget them somewhere? You, know? I don't have dentures, but every time I look at myself, I'm like, where are my teeth? You know, see, they're there. (laughs) You just proved it. You have teeth. You've got teeth. I do have teeth. I I brush them in the morning, water pick them in the morning, floss them in the morning, and I water pick them at night. There you go. All right. That's proof. So I have a question for you. So then you're taking these pictures for the Van Halen 2 album. Right. right? Exactly. Yes. So and this is in a, is this is in a, a another studio, not your studio, right? Well, it was my studio, but it was a different building. It was on Hollywood Boulevard uh, in Cherokee, and now I'm on, you know, I walk away from Capitol Records right now. But you know, like I said, in those, a lot of those photos were lost. Do I hear something? Yeah, now we got like, a little bit of a. Okay. Yeah, don't worry about it. So anyway, those were in another studio, but those photos, most of those were lost for the last 40 years. So those photos, a lot of them, I mean, when I did this book, myself and my art director, Daniel Gray, we like, 
we looked through all my Van Halen photos, or he did, because I've seen a million times. I don't even want to look at them anymore. But we made sure to get photos that weren't in my Van Halen visual history and my Eddie Van Halen visual history. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, there was one guy on Facebook, oh, yeah, as Lowe's is coming out with another book, and probably 99% of those photos I've already fucking seen, you know. But everybody who buys that book or looks at that book, it's amazing the comments I get like, Neil, I never saw these photos before. There's so many photos in that book that I've never seen those photos. They may see some like from the outtakes from the, you know, the album shoot or whatever, but we made sure that my art director, he did a really good job on that book and made sure 95% of those photos have never, ever, ever been seen before. Some of them not even by me before. So you said those photos were lost. Were they just lost in your stuff? No. So after the Van Halen 2 shoot, I mean, you got to understand in 78, who knew that my photos of Led Zeppelin or the Rolling Stones or David Bowie or Tom Petty 40 years down the line, I'd be able to sell them and make a, a nice living. So, you know, I had in my files tons of photos of Michael Anthony from the Van Halen 2 shoot, tons of photos of Dave, about none of Al, because I didn't shoot any of Al from that shoot. And I had about four or five of Eddie, but I'm like, where is the rest of my Eddie photos? So I just figured Warner Brothers had them. And, you know, good luck for me trying to get them back from Warner Brothers. They probably didn't even know where they were. So one day a friend of mine, Michael Strider, calls there. He goes, hey, Slows, are these yours? I'm like, is what mine? So he gives me a link, and Noel was having an auction and selling off a lot of his personal memorabilia from working with the band and stuff. So I go on to the auction site, backstage auction. A friend of mine, Jacques, runs that. He's a good friend, real loyal guy. You know, And all of a sudden I look and I'm like, Noel had about 50 original slides of Ed from that photo shoot. So, you know, Noel was a great guy too. Noel passed away, I think, early this year. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, I love Noel and, you know. So I called up Noel and said, look, Noel, you got these slides of mine. You may physically have the slides in your possession, but you don't own these slides. I own the copyright. These are my slides. This is my, you know, you know, property. So Noel's like, oh, no problems. I'll just send them back to you. So Noel sent me the shots back, you know, and, you know, after 40 years from 78, we shot those in 78, I think, or maybe it was 79. I don't even remember. But after not having them for 40 years, I finally got them back. So a lot of those shots have never been seen before. Yeah, I'd never seen those pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually remember when uh, that auction was going off um, because a friend of mine bought the the actual slides from the women and children's first uh, photo shoot. Right. Um, And I think he got he got the slides from that but i don't think you did that photo shoot did you women in children that, that was norman seif but w- once again i hate to say it and i don't care but your friend may own the slides but he doesn't own the copyright because norman owns the copyright right you know? he doesn't right exactly and he wouldn't he physically own the slides but you know whatever so no nah, he wouldn't do anything with them like to actually sell the pictures right. um fu- funny um funny enough uh they're in one of the pictures of that day. You can see Michael Anthony had hair plugs, and uh, but they didn't. They didn't either. They touched up the photo, or they uh, 
you know, or, or they didn't use that photo clearly. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, I mean, I remember Mike, you know, he was getting a little thin up there. And then one day I saw him and he had the new do, you know, I mean, uh, believe me, a lot of people you don't know have had work done on top of their head. You know, I'm not going to mention any names, but I know a lot of people. I mean, you know, I'm friends with a lot of people and they tell me, you know, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know, me, it's funny. I used to make fun of Phil Collins from Genesis. And I used to go, ah, look at Phil. He's got this little, he got this little pigtail thing on his head. Ah, look at it. And then when I started, my hair started going back here and it was still long. I was like, oh, I shouldn't have made fun of Phil. I shouldn't have made fun <laughs> of Phil. My hair did the same thing. It sort of came down and wrapped around like a little pigtail. And I was like, oh, I shouldn't have made fun of Phil. Oh man! <laughs> By the way, a great entertainer and a great songwriter. So, but yeah, absolutely. something about that little curly cue thing, you know, like Betty Boop or whatever, sort well, of like Liza Minnelli's sideburns, you know. So. Well, like we said yesterday, it's better that you still have it, though, right? We we still yeah, have the hair. Yeah, better gray than away. Right. <laughs> um. So, regarding this photo shoot, do you remember? Um, did Ed show up with that guitar? Or... I think the whole band was there, to be honest. I mean, the whole band was there at that shoot. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I didn't bring it into the studio for him. It was like, that was Ed's guitar. From what I hear, that guitar, I think he put in Dimebag's coffin. Yeah. Dimebag passed away. Yeah. See, because we, the reason why I'm, I ask is because um, we we had Grover Jackson on, who was the one who built the guitar. Yeah, and, I, know, uh, I know Grover very well. Great guy. Love yeah. him. Yeah, and his story um, was that he got the call that night before the photo shoot that he had to get the guitar ready, right, to bring it for the photo shoot. So, um, so that's all. I just wanted to remember and see if you remember that or or anything. Like I that. don't remember that, and I don't even know if I knew Grover in '79. But you know, Grover's a great guy. Obviously, Jackson guitars. I mean. Robin Crosby used uh, mm -hmm. lead of four. I mean, everybody, Jakey Lee. I mean, there's Charvel Jackson. I can't remember who used what, but you know, you, you know, Grover's a, def a legend in my mind. That's for sure. And, uh, I agree. Grover's Absolutely. Good. Yeah. He actually partnered with Dave on his guitars for Friedman guitars uh, oh, okay. for a while. Yep. Okay, good. Um, so then and you mentioned all these people. It's like, yeah, Warren is a client of mine, and 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 uh and Jake is a client of mine. <laughs> we have right. a lot of common interests here. Okay, yeah, common, common know, I've been friends. doing this a long time. I yeah. know everybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I was mentioning Jeff Pilson to him yesterday. He's oh, like, yeah. Yep, I know Jeff. Jeff and George yeah. and everybody, Georgie. Yeah. Um so okay, so so this photo shoot at Sunset Sound. Mm -hmm. um, by the way, iconic. I, don't, I don't know if you what's that? The, iconic, iconic pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you realize this, but from in the guitar world, among like Eddie Van Halen fans, right? We scour these pictures for like every detail about his yeah. his equipment. You know. Uh, you know, there's some outdoors. Uh, ones on day of the green in oakland where i was on stage left by ed and all the guitar 
the aficionados are always looking at the pedal board yeah. set up on the ground there. Yeah, right there. You can see, I mean, it's a perfect shot of all of Ed's pedals and everything. I mean, you know, in 78, no one sounded like Eddie Van Halen. I mean, he definitely changed the face of, you know, rock and roll guitar playing. You know, there was no one like him. Oh, know? yeah. Changed the world. Yeah. So you're you're standing there on stage right by these speakers. I mean, were you wearing ear protection? I mean, how freaking loud is that? Uh, you know, well, don't forget. So, uh, the, well, I'm off to the left. So the amps are pointing straight ahead. But, you know, I, I work with the loudest of the loudest of the loudest, whether it was Deep Purple, I mean, Kiss, or, you know, it's just, you know, I like, I like loud music. It, you know, make, you know, when you're working, it just pumps you up. You know, I, I've never been a big Carly, si, uh, Carly Simon, James Taylor, Joni Mitchell, you know, Linda Ronstadt, Cat Stevens. I, I don't listen to any of that stuff. You know, I'm a rock and roller. I like the the harder, the better. You mm. know? So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I saw an old friend of mine last night at the opening of a restaurant, Scott Ian, and. You know, anthrax are pretty loud. And the last time I was at a anthrax show, was Zach Wild, BLS, and anthrax. And, you know, I was upstairs hanging with Zach's wife in the VIP section. No camera, of course. But, and I was looking down on the floor, it was animal style seating, and they were losing their mind going wild. And I'm like, how the fuck did I do what I did for the last 50 years? How did I tolerate that? I mean, I, I had to get out of there. It was, you know, life-threatening at that show. You know? <laughs> anthrax now, the audience is just, you know, I've been working with Anthrax since about 89. And, yeah, they were pretty big and popular. I think they're bigger now, more popular now than they ever were in their career. You know? mm, probably. Yeah. I mean, and Scott Ian. We need to get Scott Ian on the show. I know. I, uh, I, I, I messaged him once, and he didn't get back to me. I got to try again. Yeah, he's friends with Mike Tempesta. I know that. I, yeah, yeah I mean, I know him. Yeah, oh, I, you know. Mike, yeah. Mike, was, Mike was just over because he bought a Van Halen book and we went and had lunch. I've known Mike Powerman for, yeah, it works in Fender. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike's That's right, yeah. You, I saw yeah. one of your pictures of Mike on uh, on your website. I was like, oh, yeah, there's Mike Tempesta Is from Powerman. the one with the lights coming? Is it, is it an advertisement? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good shoe with the lights coming from behind and little holes in the paper and there we had a fog machine yeah. mike's a good guy and his brother johnny's a great guy too love john you know yeah i just saw i just saw him with the cult the other day yeah, yeah i think they just played here about mm -hmm. a week ago. yeah them and black rebel motorcycle club uh, those guys you see across the street black rebel motorcycle i used to eat right across the street they were this 20 years ago mm -hmm. I, i'm surprised are they big right now I don't know if they're big, but they—they've always been sort of an underground band that get a little go, goes a little bit unnoticed. But they're an amazing band live. They're awesome. They—they they rehearse right. They have a lockout studio right next to me here, across from Bobby's. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah. So I see them all the time. Okay, good. So. We got a super chat from Plexico. Hey Neil. Hey Mark and Dave. Love the book. Awesome. Thanks, Plexico. Why did it say four ninety nine there? Oh, he's sending us money. Oh, you send me some money too. <laughs> buy buy a book. <laughs> buy a book, exactly. Buy the book. Buy a book or a print or something. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of that, I, I actually want to get a print. Uh those are so freaking cool. 
you know. Now, do you offer prints of just the print of the images that are on your site, or can you get prints of any image that you want? You can buy anything I ever shot. That's one of my favorite things to do, make money off a photo that I shot 30, 40, 50 <laughs> years ago. You know, I'm sure. No, that's... <laughs> no brainer, because you know, I don't shoot anymore. But, you know, I, I don't know one photographer that makes money shooting photos anymore. Those days are gone, you know. So. Right, right. But do you still get uh, people contacting you now, even for magazines, to use your your pictures and stuff like that? Oh, yeah, to, yeah, to license photos all the time i mean i own with uh my partner his name's eddie maluk he's a new york photographer he's been shooting i've been shooting 50 years eddie's probably been shooting 35 40 years but we have a photo agency and we sell our photos and we rep about 15 other photographers that we think are excellent photographers and have a great archive and you know, we license photos of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and documentaries and movies and magazines and books. And basically, wherever we can sell a photo, we try to sell a photo. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, why not? That's, that's, that, that's what you do. Um, all right. So we got a question for Dave. Guys, if you have questions for Neil, please let me know. Um, uh, this is a question for Dave. What's what's a decent tube for the first socket of a JJ Jr. or a BE50 Deluxe? Tongue sole 12, 12 AX7, maybe gold pins better than standard. Not really feeling the EH. What yeah, tongue, tongue sole is fine. Just uh, gold pin, don't spend the money on that. That's just, it's the same exact tube. Really? Not, yeah, it's not going to sound any different. Don't, don't do that. That's like gold plated cables for your stereo or something. Don't do that. Yeah, and, and what that guy just wrote, it might as well be Chinese to me. Yeah, I, I figured that that would be. I'm like, why is he doing this on my show? I know, right? Exactly. Well, it, it always happens. Some somebody That's always okay. wants. They always ask questions for Dave. Um, Zlo's once again, great book. I love the first shot. Yes. What's up, Viking Stew? Who I had lunch with when you were in town, and great guy. Oh yeah, you know Vikings too. Actually, yeah, I think I was on his podcast if I remember correctly. So oh, yeah, that's he's, cool. he was a good guy. So. Um oh another question for Dave. I'm the guy saving up for a small box 50, but are you going to clone your old Marshall? That would be even better. Thanks for answering my emails. Why don't you just email me that question? <laughs> yeah. But I'll take care of you. Uh, Leonard Rodriguez, Zlo's, thanks for connecting us to the mighty Van Halen. Do you know why they didn't film more live shows in the early days? That's a great question. Uh, is there a show or two that you will never forget? Well, they probably didn't film. Well, Marshall Burl, their manager at the time, if I recall, always had a little Super 8 video camera with them or whatever it was. I mean, you're talking 78, 79. So, A, I mean, you know, back then there was no video. So do you know how much money 16 millimeter film cost or 35 millimeter film cost to buy the film, let alone develop it? So it was a fortune. And, you know, it was probably a way big production back then. You know, now you just bring a video camera. Or you, no, sorry. Now you just bring your iPhone to a show and everybody, you know, no one's watching the show. They're sitting here and, and I see them and they're rocking out. The phone's going up and down like that. And I'm looking at the back of their phone, seeing the image going like this, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, you know, so, 
you know, there's some f- early footage around from what I hear, but I don't know how good the quality is. You know, I mean, there's some great bootlegs from the early days from, you know, the seventies and stuff, but I don't know about, you know, I, you know, with me, I, I like listening better than watching and listening. You know, it's very rare that I'll put on a, a music DVD and watch it. There are a few that I love, but in general, you know, I'd rather just listen to the music because you could be doing other stuff while you're listening to the music. You don't have to be sitting there watching glued to the screen. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And were there any particular shows that you remember that would stand out to you from seeing Van Halen? Well, all the Van Halen shows were great. It's usually the after show festivities that makes a city stick out or not. That's more (laughs) with me. I mean, all the shows, they were always great. Back then, I remember on the 1984 tour, like, you know, Ed would be playing Theater of Pain, and, you know, I'm in the photo pit, and Ed's probably two feet from me, just, and I'd be sitting there. Sometimes I just had to put my camera down and watch Ed play, because his playing was so amazing. I mean, they're just... There really wasn't anybody that played like him, if you ask me. I mean, there were great players. You had Randy Rhodes. Warren Martini was great. He came more in 84, Warren, you know, right mm-hmm. around then. But, mm-hmm. yeah, just no one was like Ed, you know. There just no one played like Ed played, period. In yeah, my yeah. mind, you know, or rock guys, maybe. You had people like Al DiMiola or, or whatever, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and even I mean, we were talking about David Lee Roth, but you know, Alex Van Halen on drums, such a yeah. monster drummer. He he really doesn't get the credit that he deserves. Well, I was going to say he doesn't get credit. And Al's favorite drummer in the whole world is Ginger Baker, who is my favorite drummer in the whole world. I mean, he's not around anymore, but mm. so you know, eh, so you know, uh, you know, Al's a monster on drums. You know, he just pounds his shit out. You know. I'd be on the drum riser, and my ears would be two inches from his snare or from his cymbals. It was pretty loud. And the Van Halen <laughs> shows were pretty loud. You know. I bet. Have you uh, have you seen any um, any any stuff from Wolfgang? Seen his stuff? No. You know, I I was the photographer at Eddie and Val's wedding. I was their photographer, but I've never met Wolfgang. I never spoke to him. Hmm. I asked. Al to ask Wolfgang if he would write the foreword for my book, and you know, that never happened. So, so I'm just mm-hmm. like, you know, I'll just write it myself. So I, I don't even think I've ever seen Wolfgang play on a video or everybody said he did this Dave Grohl thing at the forum. That was a not a Dave Grohl, a Taylor Hawkins. You know, Taylor, yeah. I knew Taylor, but Taylor is a great drummer, really oh, nice yeah. guy. That was a tragic loss, but what do you call it? I've never seen Wolf Gang perform or anything. So, gotcha. Yeah, he did great actually performing uh, his dad's music, which he said he wasn't going to do. But I, I know that uh, he, it was finally like they couldn't get a a good tribute concert for for Ed, unfortunately. So I think he felt like it's time to do it. Why not? Yeah. So, um. So here we go. Uh, JTG Zlows. Was there any live show that stands out for best sound and performance from any band? And who was it? Was there any live show? 
well, it doesn't say any band. I, I we're talking about Van Halen, so I'd assume you mean that. But I would have to put on my thinking cap. I mean, you know, listen, I've seen Guns and Roses. They open for the Stones at the mm -hmm. Coliseum. And the first night was one of the worst shows I've ever seen any band ever play in my life. It's funny because I'm looking at Duff and I'm in the pit and Duff's looking at me and I'm looking at him like, and Duff's like, like, I don't know what's going on up here. And then Axel quit that night, the band. But <laughs> I guess 12 hours later, he's back in the band. And they came back the next night and they're one of the greatest shows I've ever seen a band play, you know? So, but you know, I've seen a lot of great, you know, I've seen thousands and thousands and thousands of shows. I mean, Deep Purple in the heyday could never do any wrong by my books. And, you know, I was on the Stones, um, sort of on tour on the West Coast in 72 tour with Mick Taylor. And those shows were just phenomenal. You know, I mean, Van Halen was always great. And, the Who? Uh, well, I saw the Who in 70 at Anaheim Stadium when they were doing the Live at Leeds tour. And that, to me, is the best Who album. I mean, I'm not a big fan of, you know, everybody liked Who's Next and and Tommy and Quadrophane. To, to me, Live at Leeds, that's the Who at their finest, you know. So, hmm. But, you know, I've seen a lot of great shows. I've also lost quite a few brain cells in my day. So, uh, you know, I mean, I remember a lot of stuff, but, you know, I've forgotten a lot of stuff. But there's some, I mean, Rival Sons, I've seen them. They put on amazing shows, you know, so. Right. And I'm yeah. sure when you're working, when back in the day when you were working and photographing the band, it's hard to focus on the actual live show, no, right? Not, not really, because that helped me sort of, work the music i mean i listen to music from the second i wake up when i'm in the bathroom in the morning brushing my teeth and water picking and taking a shower i have speakers that i hooked up in my bathroom that i wired through the bathroom wall into my closet around my bedroom into the living room into my marantz 2270 amplifier which is what i used to have when i was a kid now i have one in my room and one of my kids room you know and you know, I, I listen to music all day long. I was listening to music. I had to shut it off, you know, when we started the podcast. It just, that's what keeps me going. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I've said this before. People said, Neil, look, if you ever could never shoot another photo or you could never listen to music again, which one would you say? Oh, well, that's easy. I'd never shoot a photo again because I don't shoot photos anyway anymore. But I have to listen to music every day, period. That's what keeps me going. Now, did you ever... Uh, try to play an instrument, take up playing an instrument? Well, my mother, when I was a kid, made me play piano, but what do you call it? But I hated it. I hated every second of that, you know? So, yeah. And during during the heyday of, like, the guitar heyday, you never thought, like, well, I'll pick up the guitar or anything yeah, like that? Man, you know, I mean, look, I've seen a lot of great entertainers. I mean, you know, look at people like boston or jethro tall or or whoever it was you know ted nugent and they used to sell at the forum eighteen thousand people and then you know 20 years later they're playing house of blues to a thousand people if even that okay and my career sort of lasted longer than them i mean i kept growing and growing and growing and getting more popular while some of the you know everybody has their heyday whether it's rat or poison or Whoever, some bands have a second resurgence like Anthrax, but 
you know, a lot of bands, this, you know, Jay Giles band, they, I saw him at the Santa Monica Civic, I think open for Johnny Winter band, the first Jay Giles albums insane. And then the second one's good too. And next thing you know, by four albums down, they're a pop band, you know, where they start off as a blues band. So right. yeah. you know, everything changes, you know, a lot of the bands, they have their ups and downs and ups and downs, you know? So that wasn't appealing. I get no. it. So, you know, um let's see we got a question uh this was just a comment from raf uh, i finally got a pt20 and two days later dave releases a new one at least i got a nice discount <laughs> well there you go well now you got to right. buy another one uh, yeah uh viking stew uh says yes you were thank you question for Zlo's. what's up next another book Nah, I think I'm done with the books. I wasn't even going to do this one, but, you know, people can't get enough Ed. And there's I have a lot of great photos. I mean, this book is only color. There's not even black and white. My art director's like, Neil, why don't we do a black and white book next? But I still have some of these left, so I'm not going to do any more books until I get rid of all of these. I still even... I found a whole bunch of the first uh, Eddie Van Halen visual history, which when Ed died, everybody placed orders to get that book. And I went to go fulfill the orders and I found one book. I'm like, what? I thought I had a hundred or so. Mm. And then about a year later, I was climbing around looking for some light bulbs and I found this stack of boxes. I'm like, what are these boxes? Chronicle books, Eddie Van Halen, a visual history. I found about 10 boxes of books. So, I still have some of those and I have the second book, which, you know, it's two different things, you know, and, and so I, you know, I'm all booked out. I'm old. I can be 68 years old, man. You know, I get to try to enjoy the rest of my life and, you know, work on motorcycles, which is what I love doing in cars. And, you know, I mm -hmm. have a decent collection of little toys that I play with. So, uh, you know, but I'm here every day working. That's cool. Um, let's see. SG Lee has a question. Did you ever go? To, did you go ever go to a shoot where the person was just too messed up to deal with, meaning alcohol or drugs? Uh, well, you got to realize something. I've hung out with the baddest of the bad boys. Like you know, I didn't hang out with Journey or Ario Speedwagon or Sticks. Yeah, I worked <laughs> with them, and musically, they're great bands, but. You know, I hung out with all the bad boys, Van Halen, Motley Crue, Poison, Rat, Guns N' Roses. I mean, those are the bands I hung with on a personal level. I worked with them, but, you know, we'd hang. So I don't know if anybody, there was a couple guns shoot, Slash was a little over the top. But, you know, when you're a professional, look, you know, I used to go on the road. And let's just say after the show, I'd have a lot of fun. But when it came time to work for those two hours a night and shoot the show or whatever. I did what I had to do to be a professional and sober up or whatever. And the shots were great. And then, you know, I'd do whatever I wanted to do after the show when I was done working. But, you know, just like a band, they come into my studio and they could be pretty drunk or tipsy or all fucked up on drugs or whatever, or, you know, but they, most of the time they were all professionals. I mean, the worst shoot I ever did in my life was Nirvana and I don't think they were fucked up. They just didn't care that I was doing a shoot with them and totally ignored me. So I shot one roll of film and then said, 
okay, you guys see you later, you know, and they're like, we're done. I'm like, yeah, basically get the fuck out of my face, you know, so, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, and I had a, my assistant there and I just went and bought $400 worth of film and I planned on shooting, you know, 20, 30, 40 rolls of film that day. I shot one roll of film and I said, get the fuck out of here. So, so what happened? They were just, they would, they would, 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 you know, Look, when I'm working, I like to have a band's attention. So, you know, when I was shooting all the rock bands like Motley or Bon Jovi, you know, they're all, they would all pose. Like, you know, look, they wanted to, when you're looking through a rock mag, and, you know, my thing was when, when you were looking through a rock mag, I wanted the people I work with that the people would stop on his lows foot and go, oh, look at Nikki Six. Like, if you're a chick, oh, I want to fuck Nikki. Or look at Brett Michaels. Oh, yeah, I want to give a blowjob. Whatever, you know. I wanted them to look like rock stars. So when I shot Nirvana, I think Dave and uh, what's his name? Kirk were standing up and the big tall guy. I don't even know his name. He was sitting down on my case and he's sitting there looking back, talking to Dave and uh, Kirk while I'm trying to shoot him. Well, I don't want the back of his head when I'm doing a photo shoot. So it just, you know, I started to thought maybe when they saw the lights going off, they would be okay. Let's pay attention to slows and do whatever he needs. But no, that just went on. I mean, I maybe have out of a roll of 10 frames, I may have one, maybe two shots where they're all looking at the lens, but there's no feeling there. They're looking there, but there's nothing going on inside, you know? Hmm. So, you know, did those pictures ever get used? Any of them? Well, I hated them all, but yeah, I think they got used because, you know, Nirvana was one of those bands. They didn't do a lot of photo shoots, especially when they got big. And, you know, I think, you know, Kirk was all fucked up all the time anyway. So, you know, I mean, you know, rock stars don't like doing photo shoots. When you're a band, like whether it's Rat or Poison or even Guns N' Roses or whatever, when you're nobodies, you want to do photo shoots, Okay. Because you want to get your image and your band photos out there. But once, like, you know, like Van Halen, 1984 tour, <coughs> or Motley Crue, you know, 88, 89, 90, you'd be on the road with them. Okay, guys, let's do a photo shoot before you go on stage. Oh, that's lousy. We're too big for that. We don't need to do that anymore, was, you know, <laughs> in their mind. They, you know, they felt they just didn't need it anymore. I mean, you know, but... Also, you know, when you're going on stage in front of 10, 15,000 people, you don't want to do photo shoot before you go on stage. You're sort of getting warmed up. You know, Dave yeah, used to, yeah. you know, religiously exercise and, you know, do his stretches and whatever he did before he went on stage. And Eddie would be back there always practicing. Al was always sleeping. I'd come into the dressing room. He'd be on the couch all sleeping, you know. And Michael, he was tuning up, drinking Jack Daniels or whatever, but. You know, everybody has their own thing they like to do before they play, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Were there any bands that you wanted to work with that you never got a chance to? Not really. I mean, if you said to me, if there was someone that you wanted to work with that you never got to work with, uh, it would probably be Jerry Lee Lewis because I love that guy. He's such a badass motherfucker, you know, that he's one of the only ones, you know, Little Richard I love, too. And, you know, Chuck, Little Richard passed away. Chuck Berry passed away. But Jerry's still around. But, I mean, in his day, he's one of the music. I have this video. It's called the London Rock and Roll Show. It's Chuck Berry, 
Little Richard, Jerry Lee Lewis, Bo Diddley, Bill Haley in the comments. I think it's from about 1974. And Jerry Lee Lewis's performance on that is just out of control. I, I mean, and Little Richard's out of control, too. Chuck was good, but Little Richard and Jerry Lee, they were just amazing. I've I used to sit home the night drunk out of my mind watching this thing. I've probably seen it 50 times, this <laughs> DVD. It probably doesn't even play anymore. It's so worn out. But, you know, so Jerry Lee Lewis. But, you know, I've pretty much worked with almost everybody. The people I haven't shot is Grateful Dead, because I'm not a big fan. The Beatles, because I wasn't around. And, uh, and Elvis Presley. But, you know, people call Elvis the king of rock and roll. But... I don't know how they can call him the king. He never wrote any songs. You know, it was, a, it was Chuck Berry, Little Richard, and Jerry Lee Lewis, the kings of rock and roll. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I agree so, with that. Yeah, 100%. Totally. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Del... The only stuff that I really liked of Elvis is, was the early stuff, the Sun Records stuff. Right. Well, my favorite Elvis song, believe it or not, is Peace in the Valley, which is sort of like a gospel song. But then again, I told you I listened to Etta James and... Mahalia Jackson and Nina Simone and, you know, Sister Rosetta Thorpe, which is all pretty much sort of gospel stuff to some degree. So that's why I like that Elvis Peace in the Valley song. There's a, a great video floating around of that somewhere. But, you know, but not, never was a big Elvis guy. You know? Yeah, me, me either. I was more of a Beatles fan growing up, growing up. Well, yeah, the Beatles, I mean, they were great. I, I, I saw them on Ed Sullivan. My whole family was at my mother's house, my aunts, my uncles, my grandma was still alive. We all watched the Beatles. It was that changed music forever. Probably one of the most historical days of music ever. Agreed. Uh, Prague Pop, Prague Pogs? Zlows, I see a ton of motorcycle shots on your Instagram. What's your favorite bike? And did any artists you work with love motorcycles? Well, my favorite bike, I usually tell people, is the one I'm riding that day. So, <laughs> I mean, I have bikes that are 125 cc's, 150, 175, 250s, 350s, 500, 600, 650s, 1,000 cc's. I love them all. You know, the small ones, everybody, 100, 125. Yeah, those are just as much fun as a 1,000 cc bike. So, you know, I got to pretty good collection of motorcycles so you know i just like bike to me they're pieces of art you know so it's not it's a motorcycle it's a piece of art same thing with a car i mean i have quite a few classic vintage cars and they're just pieces of art like i could care less about a rembrandt or a picasso or whatever that doesn't interest me in the slightest when when i was younger i went to amsterdam and i went to the van gogh museum I couldn't wait to get the fuck out of that place and go drink a Heineken somewhere. I mean, it was so boring to me, you know. So I don't even go to photo exhibits, honestly. So, mm -hmm. so my my art is motorcycle and cars, you know. Yeah, that's cool. I I don't blame you. So this photo shoot, speaking of motorcycles, right? Were they actually riding their bikes that day, or was this planned? Like they planned to have this? Well, it was definitely planned because i think that day we did something where you know back then 78 that dave skateboarding was pretty big so we did shots at dave's house with him with some skateboarding outfit and then 
Michael had a scuba diving outfit on that that day, so he was looking like he was a scuba diver. And Ed and Al had the 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 little dirt bikes, but honestly, Ed and Al never liked that because they thought those those are probably little one twenty five cc dirt bikes, and Ed and Al always thought they looked sort of wimpy, you know. So they weren't big on that. But it was probably I don't even remember them riding the bikes there, but it was in Pasadena. And it wasn't that far from Dave's house. So they may have rode him there. But I think I have photos of them coming out of a little minivan. Or just, sorry, a van. Because I don't even think they had minivans back then. And stuff. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so I think I have photos of them pulling the two bikes out of a van, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, so through the years, you've taken a lot of shots of, of Ed with a lot of different guitars. Were you aware, like, back then, and was he, like, asking you, like, oh, I want to include my guitars in these pictures. I want to, you know, and, and was there yeah. any ever any, like, focus on, I want my, you know, all these, I want to have my guitar here, I want my guitar there, or anything like that? I'm just curious. No, not really. Ed was sort of just spontaneous. I mean... I never said, hey, pick up that guitar and play this backstage. And he, I don't remember, ever said, let me pick up this. I mean, he came to my studio. Uh, and I can't remember. If, yeah, I guess that was the same day when he had that 59 Les Paul, which was pretty sweet, you know. Mm-hmm. And we got a whole bunch of studio shots of him with that guitar. And he came in, I think it's probably in that book where he brought his, I think it was 1980, he brought about 10 or 12 different guitars and we put them on the backdrop and there's shots of somewhere he had a pitchfork or something on his shoulder, you know, an ax or a pick or something. So yeah, right. good sense of humor. He was, you know, he, he was, you know, in the early, the, in the early days, Ed was a lot different than the later days that I knew him. So. Yeah. I was going to jump to that in a, in a second. Um, but, uh, Let's see. I think we have a couple more questions before I jump to that. Um, okay. Make sure. Is Lowe's the best Van Halen tour from Leonard Rodriguez? What would you say? Um, I like the early stuff myself. I mean, 79 shows were great. But then, you know, Women and Children came out. And they used to start with Romeo Delight, which is a great song. I mean... 80 tour was good. They were all great. You know, when uh, Diver Down came out, there was a lot of covers on that. I don't know how good that went over, but I don't know. 79 was a good year. I had a lot of fun. The guys were just starting to explode. They were learning to be rock stars. Uh, 79 was a great tour. I, I didn't work with them after 84, from 85 to about 94, I really didn't work with them again until their new manager passed away at Leffler. And then I started working with them again. And it was like, I never left, you know, a lot of time passed. So you don't know if, how they're going to treat you or whatever, but they treated me like family and it was great working with them again. So I was going to ask about that. Um, what happened? Why you, why did you stop working with them after 84? Was well, it just a change in management? Yes, change of management, and, you know, sometimes I've seen it happen. It happened with Motley Crue also. I mean, me and Nikki Six and Robin Crosby, we were all the closest friends. And then when John Karabi 
got in the band, which actually I had a large part to do with John getting in that band. So I'm like, oh, okay, great. My buddy John's in now. I can't wait to do his photo shoot. And I was talking to their management, Doc McGee and Doug Thaler. And all of a sudden, you know, after pushing them for about six, seven months, that album took a long time to come out with John, by the way. So it wasn't like he joined the band and the new album came out a week later. I think it was years it took after uh, John got in the band. But, you know, Doug Thaler, I call me back. Look, Slows, I don't know what to tell you, but this is like a new band. And it's a whole new family. And we aren't using any clothing people we used to use. And we aren't using any sound people and security people. It's like a whole new family. So, you know, the band wants all new photographers to work with them. So, you know, that was Motley. So I didn't work. But it was basically the same thing with Van Halen. They basically cleaned house. And the only person who actually stood was Al's drum tech, uh, Greg Emerson, who was there from when I started working with them in 78 and they were like childhood friends. So, you know, Al's a loyal guy and, you know, Greg was Al's drum tech, all those tours and everything. He was a great guy, Greg. And, but from what I heard, everybody else on that tour made Greg's life so miserable that Greg finally just left. He couldn't take it anymore, even though Al probably was fine with them, but everybody else, you know, there's a lot of people on a tour there isn't just you know four guys in a band and the tour manager there's you know hundreds of people from electricians to you know people building stages to sound people to lighting people to security people to catering people to clothing people so you know there's a lot of people and i guess you know greg was only old school and you know all the new people you know just I don't know. I guess they made his life miserable. So uh, he just finally split. Yeah. Mm. So after that, did you end up working with Dave at all during his uh, solo yeah. years? Well, yeah. So when Van Halen got with Sammy, you know, I didn't know anything was wrong, but I found out later Al sort of got pissed off because I said it something in an interview. So the band, I just didn't want to work with me at that period. And then, you know, 5150 came out probably six months before Eat Him and Smile. And then, you know, before Eat Him and Smile came out, all of a sudden I get the phone go, hey, close, it's Dave. You know, we want to, got to do some photos. There's a new album coming out. And, you know, that album was amazing. The Eat Him and Smile album was fantastic. You know, so, so that was a great album. It was fantastic. You know, yeah, yeah. So, um, so then you get, you get called back. And you're asked to do these photos. Right. I think um, it was for, for guitar, for practicing yeah. musician, or for, for guitar mag. I don't remember. It was for guitar magazine. I think those are some of the first shoots of Eddie with a PV amplifier. But, right. But I think someone corrected me. I think on the shot you just showed me, I think I said, yeah, P Eddie was a PV man by now. But actually... He was only using the PV amp. He was still using the music man. The music man. Yeah. So, right. So I sort of made a mistake on that. So, so yeah, yes, he, I know I made a mistake, everybody. I mean, oh. it's possible. Yeah. He's still, he's still with uh, music man here, but he's, he's just coming out with the PV 5150. Right. Yeah. And then he left music man. And, yeah. yeah. And, um, but this is a great photo, uh, a really great iconic photo first of all i love the guitar that he's got there um 
but there he's got the the the, the plexi and the rack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know about any of that stuff because I'm not too technically minded when it comes to guitars and stuff like that. Well, I can tell you, that so many people have scoured this picture. Like, okay, <laughs> what, what, what is in that rack? All the insane people. Yeah, what's in the rack and what are the settings? Oh, can we see the settings? <laughs> you know, Probably so. could if you looked at it with a magnifier on the original slide. Don't forget, that was not digital. I think every single shot in that book is all film. The good stuff. Yeah. Well, there's nothing wrong with digital, honestly. I mean, you know, in this day and age, listen, in the film days, I used to charge $30 back to my clients for every single roll of film and processing. If I shot 10 rolls of film and processing, uh, the, the expenses would be $300 right there. Now, the people, the clients, they don't even want to pay the photographer $300 to do a shoot, let alone pay for film and processing. So it got to the point like, you know, and everybody needs everything, you know, 20 minutes from the time it's shot. So there's no way to do that with film and processing, you know. So, mm-hmm. you know, the digital era was important, but it just, you know, it made a lot of people with no talent to think they were great photographers. You know, I mean, you know, you or Dave could probably pick up a camera and shoot fine photos, you know. You know, there's not probably going to be much attention to detail as far as, you know, if you're shooting people bags under their eyes or double chins or they look fat or, mm-hmm. you know, they're Maybe a, a a microphone, you know, stand coming out of the back of their head looks like it's grown right out of their head. So there's no attention to no. detail, really. Everybody fixes everything later in Photoshop or Lightroom is what the problem is. Mm-hmm. So. That's true. That's true. And lighting, of course, is always an issue. The lighting, to me, is one of the most important aspects of photography. That I mean, at least but also the your eye you know people pay for your eye to capture that moment and i've worked with photographers shooting various products and various other things and stuff and sometimes even though they're a good photographer they can't they don't see the bigger picture of of, you know they they can't capture they can't capture the moment properly well, um, uh, yeah, that can be too, but I think it's more just attention to detail. Is I mean, how many times have you seen a shot of some guy in the studio holding the guitar and the headstock's all washed out because it's got the reflection of his sure. light? The photographer, mm-hmm. you know, you got to be able to look at that and go, no, you want the Gibson logo or the Fender logo or you know whatever yeah. logo is there. You don't want it all washed out or you know so. Yeah, well, that's the attention to detail that, you know, that made you who you are and, you know, your picture is famous. Um, question on this. So this is the day of the, is this the Hot for Teacher? Correct. Shoot. Where is this? Where well, are they, they here? That, I believe it was at Marshall High School in Los Feliz out here, which, you know, oh, they okay. may know, but. Uh, yeah, not too far from where I'm sitting, a few miles away. It's a three-day shoot. It was a long shoot. So, so how does that work? So they have the video being shot, and then they also have you there just shooting pictures. Well, yeah, I'm sort of there documenting the video, but I can't really shoot while the video people are shooting. But 
you know, they practice the scene and run through it a few times and so on. So it's like, you know, I've had to go down to the Jay Leno show before, even when they have the, you know, used to do the Grammys or the Emmys when I used to do that crap. But what do you got? When you're a photographer, you can't really shoot during the actual Grammys taping or even the midnight special. All the photographers, we used to go down to the rehearsals during the day and we were allowed to shoot there, but at nighttime when they're actually filming, you can't shoot, you know, because you, you can't hear the cameras clicking away with the motor drives and all that stuff. So yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Another set of iconic photos from the book is are these. Yeah, that's Ed, Ed goofing around. He called me up one day, can I come down and do a shoot? Which was great, you know. And you know, like I said, he had a great sense of humor back then. So when things I mean, I don't want to get dark, but things kind of changed. He just seemed to change over the years just as he got more famous or? Well, I learned from my mentor, Buddha, who I have here on my arm, everything changes, nothing stays the same. Just mm -hmm. like I'm not the same as Lowe's that they knew in 1978 and the Eddie I knew in 78 is not the same Eddie that happened there, but he was still cool, but you know, you know, Ed became a big guitar hero, and everybody's pulling him in every direction, like Michael Jackson, or you know, everybody, you know, just it's fun. It's funny. One day, I don't know, my kid must have been ten or twelve, and I think it was either my birth. I think it was my birthday. I don't know, but he, I was going to take my kid to Disneyland. So let alone did we get in this big car accident on the freeway, but we were able to continue after and drive there. My car was a wreck. And I get there, there must have been 2 million people at Disneyland. And I'm sitting there just sort of like, oh my God, what the fuck am I doing here? All of a sudden I look up and there's Ed just standing there. And so I go, dude, what are you doing here? Oh, I'm here with my kid, I guess Wolfie at the time. And he wasn't with him, Wolfie, but... You know, I sat there and spoke to him. No one probably even recognized him or anything. It was great. But, you know, Eddie was a big superstar. You know, he probably, you know, Dave was a big superstar in his day. But, you know, later on, you know, everybody's got their moments to shine. It, and nothing lasts forever. Like I said, everything changes. You know, like I said, with the band, Jethro Tull used to play four nights at the Forum, 18,600 people. Then later on, they're playing House of Blues to 600 people. So, yeah. it, you know, it just, you know, Eddie changed. I changed. You guys changed, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yep. That makes sense. Oh, we got Derek Fuller from um, Van Halen. What's up, Derek? It says, thank you, Lowe's, for the quote uh, you provided for my band, Van Halen. Yeah. And by the way. I'm looking forward on the 23rd. They're playing a show, Fan Halen. I saw them in Las Vegas in January by accident. I went to go see Dave's last show and he canceled it because of COVID. And then just by accident, I happened to see Fan Halen at Vamps. They were fantastic. It, probably better than the last Van Halen shows I saw at the Hollywood Bowl. So if anybody's out there and lives in, Los Angeles and wants to see an amazing Van Halen. Uh, I won't call them a cover band or tribute band. I'll just say, you know, this is as close as you're going to ever get to seeing the real thing. I mean, there's also Atomic Punks, but they've changed a few members, but Van Halen's fantastic. That's yeah. all I can say. You know, check out some videos. They're just 
really right on the button there, you know. And I've seen one or two Van Halen shows in my day. And if I'm telling you, Van Halen's about as close as the real thing you can get. Trust me, they're amazing. I can't wait till that the 23rd. So well, that's it. Doesn't get better than that in terms of an endorsement. So yeah, I mean, you know, they they're just amazing. Really excellent. So. That's awesome. Yeah, I uh, I'd love to see them. Um, uh, every time I would come up for Nam, uh, they just had a gig somewhere else, so I wasn't able to see them. Um, but I hope they come down to Florida one of these days or close by and definitely check them out. Yeah, they, they, they play around, but yeah, definitely check them out. If you like Van Halen, you'll love them. Awesome. Thanks, Derek. Thanks for the super chat. Um, let's see if we have... Oh, there was a question from Vinny. Uh, he asked, where is it? Uh, did Zlo's uh, shoot the balance tour? No. Okay. So you didn't do that. Okay. But well, you started working with them again in 95. But just, actually, just photo. Well, I, I actually shot some. There's some live shots in that book from, I think, 95. I don't know what the balance tour was because I didn't. Well, look, Sam's a great entertainer. You know, Sammy Hager. I love Sam mm -hmm. Solo stuff. And I would just, to me, you know, Van Halen really had to have Dave in it. And Gary Sharon's. Great extreme. I mean, I'm friends with all those guys. I did some of the extremes very first photo shoots they ever did in Boston. And Gary's an amazing entertainer. Just Van Halen to me really needed David Lee Roth. You know, that's all there is to it. Those are the songs I thought were the best. And, you know, Sam has an amazing library of great songs and he's a great entertainer. But, you know, just I want a Dave and Van Halen. Yeah, that's how that's how I was personally. Yeah, I, he, so these shots are from the Balance Tour. So yeah, so okay. you, yeah. yeah, yeah, those are the form. I think I shot two shows there. They gave me the the whole show. So Ed's, you know, had a whole different look, the goatee and the short hair and everything like that. But yeah, if, was if you go to the Gary Sharon years after, which I include in the book, he was back looking like a rocker again with the long hair and everything. So yeah. Yeah, things things changed up with that too. Yeah, and then here's live for the yeah. VH3 tour. Um, that's awesome. You guys have to get this book. All right, make sure. You, so go to your site, uh, site uh, Zlo's, Right. Yeah. If you if you guys want to get any signed books from me, you go to www.zloz.com. You'll see it's the first thing when you open it up, and you can order it there and you know, sign it to you, get it out to you, and hopefully you enjoy the book, you know. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I'm going to have to do that. <laughs> I yeah. need the book. <laughs> yeah, it's a great book. You know, Bobby was just over. You could go look at his books. He's right across the street. Yeah, but I'd like my own. Maybe I'll come down and see you and take you to lunch, some sushi or something. Fine, I'm here. I'm a block away from Capitol Records. Always yep. here. Uh, here's an interesting question. Long schlong silvers asks, <laughs> uh, Zlo's, is Dave as crazy or eccentric as he seems? Well, Dave, I don't hang with him much. At one time, he was one of my closest friends. We used to always hang. But there's Dave and there's David Lee Roth. Okay, it's two distinct people. You know, David Lee Roth, is, you know, a sort of an arrogant, you know, egotistical sort of front man. 
And if you catch him at the wrong time, you don't want to be around Dave. Just trust me. But you're David Lee Roth. But I knew him as Dave. So Dave was always great with me. And the last time I saw him was 2020. He opened for Kiss and I went on his tour bus. I probably haven't seen Dave in 15 years. It was like I just saw him two days earlier. He was great to me. You know, so, so awesome. I, I wouldn't say he's crazy, but you know, Dave's actually a genius, mm. you know, if you ask me. But, uh, and I forgot what was the other word? Uh, eccentric, eccentric. Yeah. he's pretty eccentric, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I, don't, I don't hang with him much anymore. I don't really hang with too many people on this planet anymore. I'm pretty much a loner myself, but you know, I have. Very fond memories of hanging with Dave. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, well, I want to thank you, Zlos, for uh, joining us and agreeing to come on the show. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Your photos are iconic. You're a legend in the music industry of taking photos. And uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on. It's a pleasure to meet you. My pleasure. I had a good time. We talked for an hour and a half, a little more. Yep. Well, we got a late. We got a late start because of my technical difficulties, but we made up for it. So it was fun. I had a good time talking with you and Dave, and you know we'll keep in touch. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds I'm serious. Great. I might come down and take you to lunch. Just call <laughs> get my number from Bobby. He's got it. All right. All right. Sounds cool. good, guys. Oh, uh, hang on one second while we while we uh, just uh, say goodbye. I'll just give him okay. some announcements. Um, so our next couple guests. Uh, we're going to have Marty from Motor City. I'm working on getting a date for him. Uh, I messed up his email address for some reason, so I got to email him again. Uh, we're going to have Nick Bocott from Sweetwater. Uh, and the band? What band? Originally? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Nick Bocott? Yeah. I forgot what Nick Hall I told was. Was it Halloween? Told Nick I said hi. Or oh, no, Halloween? Halloween? No, no, it was... Uh, Grim Reaper. Oh, okay. <laughs> Long time ago in the eighties. Yeah, Nick's a great guy. Worked with Marshall forever. Yeah, he's a good dude. We'll tell him say we'll say hi. I don't even know he was at Sweetwater, so yeah, he's been in Sweetwater for a bunch of years. He moved to Indiana. Oh boy. Oh, yeah, yeah that's, that's exciting. <laughs> that's yeah. like torture. <laughs> well, they do have a lot of strip clubs there. And they got and, strip clubs uh, everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> that's yep. true. <laughs> Um, we're also going to have Dan and Sean Tubbs uh, from Rev Yep, on the show. Uh, Andy Fuchs. I reached out to Andy. Uh, he's coming on. Um, we're going to have Lyle from Psionic on. Mm -hmm. uh, and hopefully when Jerry gets done with his tour, we're going to have Jerry Cantrell. So Absolutely. So that might be in December or late November. We're going to email him again. So, And that's it. So you guys uh, have a great weekend. Thanks for joining us early, and Zlo's hang you. on, and we're going to say goodbye now. Take care, guys. Uh, Bye. Uh, see you all later. Thanks for joining us.